The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, everybody, to The Second Stage. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. You know, Mondays are normally tough days for me, but I, that, I've got. Is that my, what today is? Today's Monday. Oh my god! Yeah, I got my wow. second. I got my second Red Bull in me, so I'm feeling a little chipper. Off yeah, the I'm, old block. I'm not sure I can handle another Red Bull right now. I better just start drinking some water. You know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyways, right, I'm sorry. Right. Water as the mixer, maybe. I, yeah. Anywho. Well, it's Monday. It's Monday, right? <laughs> It is. It is. So look, you know, uh, we, we've got a another great show today. We've got uh, two on- serial entrepreneurs uh, on our show today. Michelle Tamalo, president and co-founder of Fit Technologies and Mickey Tubbs, CEO and co-founder of Fit Technologies. Uh, they are uh, rock stars here in Northeast Ohio. They are winners of the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award uh, for technology in 2008. They've been in the top 10 of the Weather Weatherhead 100 in 2009 and earned some Pillar Community Service Awards All um, and named the best IT services firm in Northeast Ohio, NEOSA, in 2012. So they've got a lot of wonderful accolades, and really the story is about hearing about their success as a firm uh, that's really been around since uh, 1999. So they've been through a lot with the uh, 9-11 crisis and the bubble, the tech bubble bust of 2000 and, uh, you know, the, the uh, ever wonderful recession of 2009 and 10. And some would argue we're still in it in 2014. So, uh, they, they've got a lot to talk about and in particular, you know, have a little bit of a spin on the fact that it's a, a woman owned businesses and there's, uh, you know, potential, uh, positives and negatives associated with that as well. So we're anxious to have them on the, the, uh, the, uh, show, uh, in the next segment. And we'll tell you a little bit more about their personal bios, but I always like to go back to our prior shows, Brendan, um, and just remind everybody that, uh, we're on every Monday at five o'clock PM Eastern two o'clock Pacific. And, uh, last week's show was with our guest, Graham Hearns of the Riverside company. Uh, he is the, uh, I don't have his title in front of me, but he's, uh, uh, managing director of global communications and talent management, if I recall. And uh, are you sure that's not in front of you? Because that's a, that would be really impressive to pull that one out. 
Well, he always makes an impression on me because he's an impressive guy, and he's one of those guys that I actually don't talk around very much because I'm I'm concerned that he'll realize he's that much smarter than me. Managing director of global marketing and communication and global talent management is that that's pretty much what you said, isn't it? That's pretty impressive. I, I, wow, I, I think so. I think so. Wow. Okay. Wowza. Uh, yeah, but you know he you know he had a really interesting uh, discussion points around you know what he called the three V's. There's always a victim, a villain, and a vindicator, and you have to very quickly figure out who is playing what role. And obviously, you want to be the uh, the vindicator, I suppose. You don't certainly don't want to be the victim or the villain. Um, no. And, and he if you, says, if you are the victim, you may want to play that up a little bit, you know. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, but also, uh, you know, he also talked about you know seizing the story because if you don't, somebody else will, and and you want to tell your own story, and you've got to be prepared in advance for uh, that eventuality. And he says it will happen uh, to everyone. You just got to be ready for it. I think the thing that I the the thing that resonated the most with me in talking with him is about how you also need to make sure that your own team knows the story. And that was something that you, I think most entrepreneurs just assume that, hey, they're on my team. They know what I'm thinking. They know what to say. And also, you know, kind of remind people who should be saying anything in, in, internally. So um, that's uh, that's something that I don't think is intuitive to most entrepreneurs that are going through this sort of thing. Well, you know, and it, it goes to – an operating system. Remember, we talked a little bit about we love people that run operating systems and we have our own, but there's a lot of wonderful programs out there. And if you run an operating system, you know, someone is going to know that that is their role and that, you know, and, and also people know that it's not their role. And so the people that it's not their role, they just don't say anything. And people that is their role, they're the ones that are communicating for the firm. And if you're running your company with with uh, with core values that everybody shares, it makes uh, communicating those crises a whole lot easier and uh, quite frankly believable because it's it's part of what you live and what you do. So that's uh, it's but it's also impressive. You, know, you look at the Riverside uh, group of companies, and obviously they're you know they're they've they've been at this a while, they're wonderfully successful. But uh, it just goes to show you all the you know the, all of the processes that uh, small businesses have to think through before they happen. Right, that's exactly right. Um, hey, Jeff, so, I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your acting career. I don't know if you, uh, you know, you, we uh, got got the got the uh, privilege of spending a little time with Michelle Park at Crane's Cleveland Business, and Jeff and I did a little uh, acting uh, uh, in the last week or so with uh, um, kind of pl- role playing. Why don't you tell us about your uh, your role? Jeff. Well, it was actually it was actually very interesting because there's still this mystery around uh, private equity and that uh, uh, y- y- you know people aren't familiar with the whole process. And so, Cranes, to their credit, really thought that doing a video would allow the business owner, the small business owner in this case, to get some view of the perspective of the uh, private equity investor and also the perspective of, of the business owner, which is the role that you play. You, you did a fabulous job. I mean, I, you know, most people say behind your back, you have a face for radio, but I yeah. think when that I you do, have when to, I do, <laughs> I think you got a shot here. I do. Yeah. But good. It's, it was it was fun. I, I think I think what what the goal in that uh, little skit was uh, was to try to I guess display what what 
small business owners think that they're saying to a private equity fund and what we're hearing. And so I think most uh, small business owners and, you know, and, and you and I fall in that category, really love their business. They understand how valuable their people are to them, but the word, you know, I can do this, I can do this as opposed to my, my team is doing it. My team is doing it. And I think that was something that resonates a lot when we, when we talk to, you know, we mentioned regularly, we were blessed to talk to three or 400 uh, small business owners a year and, and the, the lion's share of them still are on the, you know, the I, 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 I am doing this as opposed to my team, my team, or, our, you know, the team, the company. And uh, I think it was, uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to, uh, to, we, we did a little bit of a Kevin Spacey and House of Cards, uh, you know, kind of side action, which was, uh, which was fun. So, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I suspect it'll be the last time they ever allow us in front of a camera again, but we enjoyed it while it lasted. And if it ever actually airs, right? I mean, you know, who knows? But uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, uh, hopefully it will. Uh, hopefully it will. But, but you know, for those people that are familiar with the show and familiar with Evolution's uh, view on the world, we really kind of progress down the five pillars discussions that you'll find, you know, in our shows here uh, earlier, uh, or I guess in the third quarter of 2013, we talked about the plan, or the, excuse me, the, the, the financials, the plan, the people, the transparency and accountability, and that was really the progression of the show. Uh, I'm sure I'll get millions of hits on YouTube, but that's uh, that's a whole nother discussion. Um, before I go any farther, I want to remind everybody that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the di- dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear what works and what doesn't. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. And you can also email us at the, uh, the, the second stage at evolutioncp.com. And I also always like to thank the wonderful uh, sponsors of the second stage, McGladry LLP. They're the leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. Uh, Before we cut to our break, I wanted to circle back to the bios of our guests this week, Michelle Tomalo, the president and co-founder of Fit Technologies. She focuses on operations, marketing, and change management within uh, FIT. Uh, she incorporates her commitment to fitness by driving the company's award-winning wellness program. And I have to say, I'm anxious to talk to uh, Mickey and Michelle about their culture because I, uh, I get to uh, see uh, through social media a lot of the fun stuff that they do. It's a big part of their organization. Uh, Michelle describes herself as a cheerleader for Cleveland, which I have seen firsthand and loves being involved in the ongoing transformation of the city by participating in area events and supporting local organizations and nonprofits. She is the president of the board of Plexus, the chamber of commerce for the LGBT and allied community and is actively involved in cozy uh, gay games, nine, the neighborhoods in which she lives and plays, which is playhouse square and Gordon square and other women's networking groups. And Mickey is uh, uh, she's a serial entrepreneur. She's held senior level management uh, 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 op jobs in, in different uh, organizations that she has started. In the 90s, she was named as Lorraine County Chamber of Commerce Small Business Person of the Year. Business person or biz, small business owner? Uh, she's 
I don't know. She's not a small person. She's maybe short, but she's not. Uh, so anyway, and uh, she was also Entrepreneur of the Year for the Midwest United States Region 5 by the, the Small Business Administration. And prior to founding FIT, uh, she founded New Life Hospice, a $10 million, uh, revenue healthcare organization. Uh, she currently serves on the boards of Lakewood Community Services Center, uh, NEOSA, which I have to ask her about. I forget what that acronym stands for. And is active in work with the Greater Cleveland Partnership. Uh, she has extensive experience in local, state, and national board leadership positions and is a frequent conference and pa- panel presenter. Uh, Mickey was a basketball and tennis coach for 10 years and is an avid enthusiast of, an enthusiast of many other sports. Wow, you uh, you uh, went through that. Uh, my guess is uh, NEOSA is the Northeast Ohio Software Association, but that's just a guess. I'm guessing. You know what? What you said would actually work very well with the the. I'm <laughs> the just letters. winging it. I'm just winging it. But I, I should have googled it for I. But you know I, I like to just jump on the limb and. Get, uh, it, so. And I was stuttering a bit. I'm I'm struggling on a Monday afternoon here. But cozy is council of small. Smaller enterprises. This, okay, that's what I was headed. And again, I'm I'm like 36 percent sure that's correct, but I feel yeah. So I just make this stuff up. Yeah, I feel better about that one than the NEOSA. But we're going to ask Mickey and Michelle when we have them on. So we are going to take a break here uh, in our first uh, segment of of the second stage. When we come back, we'll be back with our guests uh, Michelle Tamalo and Mickey Tubbs of Fit Technologies. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. 
Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum. So we're looking for your input so that we can benefit from everyone's experience. Don't be shy. Please uh, get into the program at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. We are back here with our guests, uh, Michelle Tomalo and Mickey Tubbs, president and co-founder, respectively, of uh, Fit Technologies. And before I introduce our guest. I, I was remiss in not stating what Fit Technologies does. Fit has been around since 1999, which I think I mentioned, and they provide a full range of managed IT services where Fit's team serves as the technology department for organizations or handles IT projects in collaboration with existing client tech staff. Fit's clients are primar- primarily small to mid-sized firms and K-12 schools. Welcome to the show, Michelle and Mickey. We're Thank you. <laughs> We've never had two guests, and so this will be interesting if we can yeah. coordinate this. Really? I well, can make I, a recent comment, but I'll just let it go. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, I, I also, Jeff, I think you also need a little background. You've you've known uh, Michelle and, and Mickey for a little while, right? I mean, this is uh, this isn't just the first time you met them. I, that, that is exactly right. I've known Michelle uh, probably at least half my life, not to date e- either one of us, Michelle, but we, we met in college and uh, been fast friends. Michelle's hard not to like, so you know I enjoy spending time with her. And she is, as is Mickey, the ambassadors of Cleveland. They're at every, every event. In fact, Mick, uh, Michelle talked me into uh, doing Tough Mudder. Uh, and you have to be a very persuasive person to, to, to do that. That's, that's not – I don't know if people know what Tough Mudder is, but it's crazy. Well, Michelle, how many times did you lap him? Well, I just have to say, again, I know that uh, part of Jeff's shtick is that he's you know, self-deprecated and things like that. I could have never made it through Tough Mudder, the 12 and a half miles of a race that incorporated 26 obstacles that were uh, – the majority of which were very scary. I – uh, needed all of my teammates to assist, and I will say that at one point, someone said, you know, after it was done, someone said, well, did you get hurt? And I said, well, I think the thing that hurt me the most was Jeff Cadlick physically picked me up and threw me about eight feet. And so he, he's, a, he's a beast. He's definitely a strong, strong man, because I'm not a small woman. Well, I would have broken into tears if Mickey wasn't there uh, memorializing it with videos and pictures. Otherwise, they probably would have quit. So <laughs> anyway, you stop crying um, when you saw, you stop crying when you saw the camera. You're like, oh my god, exactly, I gotta stop crying right exactly. Now. Oh, it's just water. It's just it was just yeah. water. It's just water. It was just so, fire. It, it was just 18 feet. Yes. Right. Um, so, all right. I'm going to d- try to direct this question. I'm going to direct the first question to Mickey. And could you walk us through, you know, how you started Fit Technologies? You'd started businesses before. Was this harder, easier? You know, uh, was it the same routine that you had done before, so on and so forth? Well, uh, um, I think the answer to this question is it was harder, and it was harder because uh, the prior business that uh, I started and Michelle and I were both involved in was healthcare-related, and most of our careers was in healthcare, so we were experts in that area. And uh, we never set out to start a technology company. Uh, My brother actually had an idea in 1999 for a software, so we started as a software product company. And he had an idea for a school-to-home software, which back in 1999 was uh, new. 
and he he knew that uh, parents or he could go online to get his bank uh, information, and he had a great need to get information in regard to how his daughter was doing in high school. So that's how it, it the the uh, us getting involved in the company started was we I had sold my other business was in transition doing consulting work. Uh, Michelle Wood had just started another company. And my brothers came to us in November of 99 and said, I have this great idea. He uh, showed us his business plan. He said, hey, listen, I just need you for about four months. You're great at starting things. Start this business. I'll go out and raise capital, and you can earn some sweat equity. Well, here we are, what, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the business started right when the Internet um, bust was occurring, and uh, capital wasn't easy to find, and we became very invested in the company, and we've had a lot of transitions, which we'll talk about throughout the show. Um, and, you know, here we are today. I, I love this. I love when people, entrepreneurs, and as you know, it happens a lot more times, and people think they start off thinking one thing and, and out of necessity, and quite frankly, you know, out of what they personally enjoy, they, they end up doing something else. So h- how did you make the transition from software to what you're doing now? Or from healthcare to software? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, it's really both, right? It's healthcare to software. Oh, yeah, to software right, right. To, but, healthcare to right. software to, right. And then software to what fit, the, fit, fit technologies. So when we started uh, developing this web-based software for schools, we were a bit ahead of the game in terms of having schools and many other businesses at that time believe that the Internet was staying and that it was going to transform the way that we did everything, the way we communicated, the way that we did business. So as we started working with schools to install and have them start utilizing web-based software, we would run into so many issues with the connectivity within the schools and the, the systems and laptops and desktops and all of those things that they were trying to run a web-based software on that we then started to develop expertise on the infrastructure end of things. So what does it look like? What does the Internet look like that's coming into your building? What are the specs on your machines? How are you taxing your network at different times during the day? So that's how we started getting in the managed IT end of things. The infrastructure end of things was, you know, a couple wow. years after we started when uh, our client base would say, hey, your software's broken. And we would say, no, it's really not our software that's broken. We need to then address, we need to work with these clients then to address these other underlying foundational issues around their infrastructure. That's great. Yeah, it's interesting. That's kind of what Brenda was talking about is, is as entrepreneurs, you have to respond to your clients' needs, particularly when you're on the front end of the curve like you all were in this particular segment. And clearly, your clients weren't educated and they needed this additional support. And voila, you find yourself in you know, the managed, managed services end of the spectrum. Yes, that's, That's great. I love those stories. That's great. So, so uh, take us into, I, I guess, that, that next phase. I mean, the, the phase kind of between the, the tech bust of, of 2000 and then really into, you know, the, the 9-11 crisis. How, how did you guys handle that crisis? And I suppose during this time, you're also trying to figure out each other's roles, you know, within the organization. And did you find your roles as a result of the crisis? Or was it a separate process? 
Yeah, I think it was a challenging time for uh, not only our company, but for many companies uh, through the early 2000s and 9-11. And for us, uh, it was really about uh, keep focus and, and keep transitioning. And we kept looking for those opportunities that were in front of us. But a lot of things went on hold, I mean, from both the buying end, from the selling end, and from people making any sort of decisions relative to the, uh, the education space uh, at that point in time. And I, I was just going to remark, one of the things that I remember so distinctly was, you know, when you have a startup, you it's literally every day or every week you hope something exciting is going to happen or you hope that you're going to make mm-hmm. something exciting happen. And so as we were heading into summer and fall of um, – right before 9-11, we were getting what we felt was traction. And in fact, on the morning of uh, 9-11, we had a meeting with the third largest school district in the country to do a pilot for our software. It would have been, it was Miami-Dade, and we would have, it would have changed everything for us, our company, our employees, and obviously the way in which our software would have continued to be developed if we were in, you know, a pilot in Miami-Dade would have been ginormous, as you can imagine, because of the size of of their district. And Mm -hmm. so, like, that was happening on the morning of 9-11, and when uh, the planes hit, you know, obviously that meeting got canceled, and, you know, everything kind of slowed at that point. But because we'd experienced that traction, because we knew we had such... Uh, we were on to something. We knew that, I mean, and in, in fact, 9-11 underscored the reason that you needed to have a way to communicate with parents uh, quickly and easily as well as right. with your staff. And so it wasn't as if we were, you know, thinking, oh, is this going to work? We knew the Internet was here to stay. We knew that web-based technology was going to change the way in which people did business. And we knew that this was all about the way the speed and the ease at which people could get access to data. So we just kind of hunkered down to say, how do we manage through what was a just an absolute paralysis to the marketplace? And so we, we found how to kind of hunker down and do that. And we were lucky enough um, a few months after that to have, be presented an opportunity to work with a charter school consortium that had uh, was, was starting a home-based, a homeschooling division. And so they needed a platform to communicate with those homeschooling families. And so we had about 80% of what they needed. And then we were willing to say, okay, this is a great opportunity. Let's now develop how, you know, take our team off of what was going to be an off-the-shelf product. Let's move our team's time and resources to start customizing this for a specific client. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what then happened was this client started to grow, and we we then started to grow. So while we had our uh, base of what was then mostly Catholic schools and private schools using our web-based software the way that it was, we then started to do custom development for this growing charter school consortium. So then they became a fast-growing organization, which was then leading us to become a fast-growing organization. Mm. 
Again, it's just, uh, you know, this uh, entrepreneurial themes we're seeing where you make, uh, when you get lemons, you make lemonade, right? You respond. So during this crisis, is this where you start to figure out your roles within the organization or were you still, because you're still relatively small business, that there's a lot of overlap in your activities? Well, I, I think during that time we did uh, – get clearer about our roles, but it's still, you know, I would say at that point in time, a lot of us were wearing a lot of hats and, you know, some of us were wearing the same hats at different times of the day. And uh, I'd say probably over the last uh, five to six years, we've become a lot clearer about our roles in the organization as our organization has become a lot more focused. And, you know, I think the good thing about Michelle and I is, you know, we have figured out the give and take of how you work together, and uh, we've been really successful at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, Jeff, I don't know whether your listener, whether you mentioned that in the intro or, or not, but, you know, Mickey and I are business partners and life partners, so we have an added um excitement there of having to navigate that both here in our office and then obviously uh, outside of the office and in our life. So it's, I was actually just um, being asked that question uh, earlier today when uh, I was talking to someone about that who's another entrepreneur and just saying, I think all business partners need to figure out those roles and how you work through what is definitely good times and then in more challenging or stressful times because it's just it's critical to you as people it's critical to the business it's critical to obviously any of your employees that are partaking in that so we we feel like so, it took us some time to figure it out but we've been successful in doing that and so how so how, that. so how so how have you what are some of the the tricks for balancing that because that is a i don't need to tell you that's a tough that that can be tough uh, we have safe words. No, <laughs> literally, in some ways, I think that we made some commitments around uh, when challenges come up, what are, what are our commitments going to be about how we're going to resolve those? And I'll give uh, one example is, you know, how sometimes you're in a meeting with your leadership team and you want to maybe hash some things out uh, in front of the leadership team. And you know that some of those things that are going to get hashed out aren't about necessarily what the leadership team needs to hear. It's things that the two of us as business owners need to hash out together because it might be about uh, something, a risk that Mickey's more comfortable with or in another situation that I may be more comfortable with. And then how do we get on the same page before then we're going back to our leadership team, or our managers from a, From a client perspective, I don't think that we ever had those issues. It was very clear how we would behave in front of clients. But I think sometimes uh, figuring out the – it was more personality dynamics. I mean, I think that that was always what it was, whether I would want to process out loud or Mickey would want to process out loud or do we want to involve nine people in that brainstorming versus getting a framework and then involving people. So I think a lot of it was knowing – uh, our strengths and knowing our communication styles, and then also having a good understanding of people's comfort with risk and the perceptions of risk. And I think, again, that's all very applicable to any business partners who need to be 
on the same page about how they move forward, whether it's with a strategy or whether to take a client or what you're doing about an employee issue, um, what kind of debt you're taking on, any of those sort of things, those, that's just good that you know who your business partner is. Yeah, and I think the other thing that Michelle and I have uh, learned to do really well is after we have any sort of uh, interaction that we want to reevaluate, you know, we'll spend time after the meeting coming back to it and, you know, either of us, if we thought it wasn't the right place to have that discussion or uh, maybe we didn't have the right people at the table, you know, we're talking about it in an effort to not be in that place again, you know, going forward. And I think the other thing that I've learned from Michelle uh, early on in our relationship is something we call a reset button. And so, you know, we always know we have the opportunity to go back and kind of start over, uh, either with an interaction or a decision um, or how we process through it, because Michelle is definitely much more process-oriented than uh, I am. I'm a much bigger risk taker than she is, and we, you know, try well, to complement each is, other. <laughs> in those ways. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to come back. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with uh, Michelle Tamalo and Mickey Tubbs from Fit Technologies and continue to explore this uh concept of culture, uh, women-owned businesses, uh, life partners, and how you address that by, you know, cutting it off. You know, do you cut it off when you go home, uh, the, the business discussion, or, or does it just kind of continue on because entrepreneurs just can't stop thinking about their businesses? But when we come back, we'll continue that discussion. And um, thanks for tuning in to the second stage. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Second Stage, to reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience. Don't be shy. Please get in touch through the uh, second stage at evolutioncp.com. We're back with our guests, Michelle Tamalo and Mickey Tubbs of Fit Technologies. 
Uh, Mickey, I, I, you know, uh, Jeff and I have started businesses. It's it's very difficult. I'm curious. Uh, you know, you've started a couple businesses, and um, tell me, do you think uh, being woman owned is a, is it a positive? Is it a negative? Both. Maybe talk a little bit about your experiences there. Well, uh, my answer here is, is I think being uh, woman owned is a positive, but I also want to say I don't think it's something that. Uh, um, Either I concentrated on in starting my first business or Michelle and I concentrated on in uh, this business here at Fit Technologies. I mean, we, uh, I think the, the great thing about being a woman-owned business is the culture, and I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I think both of us are coming from healthcare backgrounds. We're both very service-oriented. Uh, tated, and I think that's the culture that we have here, and it's why we've been successful both in my uh, first business and here in this second second business, because we're very inclusive. I think we're all about kind of this uh, greater good and and uh, you know uh, sharing philosophy uh, of successes with um, anyone we're involved with, whether it be our customers and or our our teams. Uh, I want Michelle. Uh, Michelle, I, I'm curious. Advice for for other women, for for entrepreneurial women looking to to make the leap into uh, business owners ownership. Can you give uh, give them a little bit of advice, or you know how how did you uh, how did you find the world when you guys decided to do this? I I wanted to also make a comment too. I can definitely oh, sure. do that. I also wanted to make a comment that I believe that anytime you have you know, there aren't a lot of female-owned technology firms. We're in the minority. And I think anytime you can bring diversity like that to any industry, whether that's having a, you know, a male kindergarten teacher or having a construction company that's owned by females or those types of things, anytime you can introduce that diversity to an industry segment, I think that there's benefit to that. Uh, I think from a being a female-owned business, I think that there's been a focus from large corporations and municipalities and uh, governments and also many smaller businesses saying, how can we look at who we're doing business with, with some level of consciousness to say, how diverse is are the suppliers that we're using? And so definitely as a female-owned business and an LGBT-owned business, that's one of those things that we think we look for those opportunities where we have a chance to work with organizations that are seeking diversity in their supply chain. Mm-hmm. So I think that yeah. – go ahead. Now, I was just going to say Mickey had talked about uh, you know, the fact that being a women-owned business really played into the culture of your organization. And I had said as we were leading into the show how fun your culture is and just the constant activity that's going on there. Can you talk about you know, wh- why being a women-owned business worked in your favor with regard to culture and some of the things that you do uh, to, to support the culture within Fit Technologies? I think uh, I think it's as much a factor of who we are as people. I think both of us are the kind of work hard, play hard folks, and so it's the idea of um, we're we spend a lot of time in our business and we expect our employees to be as dedicated as we are, and so it doesn't it make it all. Uh, so much more fun when you're having fun, when you appreciate the 
the, your coworkers that when you have a chance to um, do fun events outside of the the office when you have a chance to celebrate whatever it is, whether it's dressing up for Halloween or whether it's getting involved in the Indians playoffs or whether it's having chair races down the hallway or, um, you know, chili cook-off or any of those types of things that we've done. I think it, it more has to do with this is, you know, we're nurturing uh, the people who are here and we're nurturing the culture of our organization because we think that people who are enjoying their work and their coworkers are going to do a better job for our clients. And that's what this is all about. We're a service business, so it does matter whether our employee wakes up in the morning and wants to come into work at Fit Technologies because they're going to be in a firm like Evolution today or they're going to be in an architecture firm or they're going to be, you know, working with school kids. So that's an important piece of it. And we, we think we're fun people, so why not bring this <laughs> you to are. work? <laughs> I, have, I have fun just watching. So, so talk a little bit because we want to touch on growth too as part of this discussion today. And how can you talk about the culture and then how that's helped you grow? And then we can talk a little about when you cho- chose to grow and when you decided how you wanted to grow. Well, I think on the growth front, it's all about being open to the opportunities as they unfold in front of you. And as Michelle just outlined, if you have the culture and if you have the expectation with your team and you have the right team members in place, you know, you're open to being able to serve those opportunities and stretch your team as you're able to accommodate, you know, that growth into your organization. And, you know, we've had a lot of flex up and down in our organization as we've had different divisions uh, come and transition from the company. And uh, I I have to say it's all about how, you know, uh, successful growth um, or resizing is all about communication with your team, being up up front with your team and the expectations, and then having the right uh, team members in place. And I was just going to, when Mickey said that, the one thing, Brendan, you asked a question about advice for um, female business owners, and I would give this advice to any gender of business owners, is um, one of the things that I have definitely learned is trusting your gut about whether a a person fits in your organization. And it may be the right person, but the wrong time. It might be the wrong person, the right time, all of those sort of things. But I think trusting our gut to that and if someone's not going to work within your organization, making that decision sooner than later, mm-hmm. I think, is one of those things that I have learned. And it's it's one of those things that I would definitely share as a piece of advice. And I think sometimes, um, depending on where you operate from, you're a gut person or you're a head person or any of those sort of things. I, in relation to that, I think sometimes you, you definitely need to trust your gut about whether someone is a fit. And, and I, I can tell you, it, it, when I, we hit the, uh, I love hitting uh, entrepreneurial conferences and the entrepreneurs organization. And that's the one thing that I think the small business owners, people that are getting going have the toughest time with. And uh, I, I totally agree with that. I think obviously starting up, starting a business and running a business, uh, you know, is tough and you have to, you know, you have to sacrifice things. Maybe talk about some of the, 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 the things that you've had to sacrifice and some of the, the bigger challenges. Well, I think the you know the obvious one is time, you know, time away from work. 
because work, especially nowadays, it's all inclusive, you know, it never stops. And customers' expectations of you seeing an email at 6 or 7 o'clock at night or a CEO of a company uh, sending something to you, you know, nobody's waiting until the next day for you to respond, and definitely not two days down the road. So I, I think time, it takes a lot of time, and you give up uh, a lot of time, you know, personal time. So, so in in speaking about time, though, we had touched earlier about you guys being life partners, and you know, Brendan and I kind of feel like life partners at times. And mm-hmm. what I've always said about yeah, Brendan just, was just, just just with all the negatives. There's nothing. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I've always said about Brendan was I knew if I had a problem at two in the morning, I could text him and he would respond. And so mm-hmm. it never turns off. And getting back to your comment, Mickey, about time. You know, do you guys? How do you guys turn it off, uh, or do you turn it off when when you when you leave the office and you're and you're home together? I don't think it's necessary about necessarily about leaving the office and turning it off. I think it's choosing to to turn it off because there definitely will be those evenings that it's nine o'clock and you're taking care mm-hmm. of things. But I think uh, conscious commitment to. Uh, we're going to do this this weekend or get this done this weekend or we're going to go away or we're going to see, you know, our family in Columbus or we're going to see our family wherever that is. I think that there's um, kind of the shared expectation of saying we're turning it off so that we can enjoy this. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes it's interesting because our idea, and I think entrepreneurs in general, idea of downtime is very different than other people's idea of downtime. So I know Mickey and I went on vacation, uh, just the two of us, uh, earlier this year, and, um, you know, we both worked some on vacation, but to us, that was vacation because it wasn't 10 hours a day or whatever that was. And so I think some, I think that is part of the DNA of entrepreneurs, though, that there's some touch there's always some part of your brain that's thinking about what's next for my business or my employees or being open to opportunities. I just think that that's how brains are wired or some and, of the vibe and, and, is wired. And, and probably, you know, like Jeff and I, um, it, it, work is fun too. I mean, it, you know, it's part of the curse is that it's, it's a lot of, I suspect, you know, it's, it's fun going to work. Is that, yes. is that a fair? It's and what do you, what do you love? What do you love the most about going to work? Well, I think we both would say our team, we love the people that we work with, and I think we love our surroundings. So we love our space, uh, we love our customers, and, uh, you know, we love the city, that the downtown that we're working in. So a lot of those things makes it very fun to come into work every day. Yeah, we've only got we've only got a couple minutes left in this segment. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on one other topic: is you all have family, you know, that works in your business, and from from what I've seen, it's it's worked out very very well. Uh, how you know how have you managed that with within your company? Well, I. I'd like to say it's easy for me, and Michelle might disagree a little bit, so we'll see what her comments are. But, you know, I, I think that for me it's almost like uh, I think sometimes we're harder on uh, our family that works here in the office than we are with the other staff. And uh, I think that they know that they always have to step up to the challenge, and everybody's always watching them and how they perform and what they do. 
You know, so, uh, but I think we have amazing family that works with us and, you know, so far it's, it's worked out, you know, well. I think a lot of times it's also, it's, it's not in the forefront. This is about what role are you playing? What are you expected to do and how, you know, how are you part of the team? So I think that there's, in many ways, there's not, um, a, a great deal of focus on it. I think it's more perception and expectation that are at play than anything else. But again, we strive to be as forthright and direct with all of our team about what they're expected to do and how they can contribute to the organization and wanting to be really open about that, regardless of our relationship to that person. Well, that's great, and uh, we unfortunately need to uh, pause again for uh, a break. And uh, Mickey, Michelle, thank you very much for being on the show. A lot of great comments from experienced entrepreneurs, and uh, that have fought the good fight and and uh, have evolved like all entrepreneurs. And you guys clearly have been incredibly successful, given all the awards and recognition that you have uh, deservedly received. Uh, you guys can get in touch with. Uh, Mickey and Michelle at fittechnologies.com. Uh, wonderful folks, and we encourage you to reach out to them uh, if you have uh, any questions about the show or have any IT services uh, needs. With that, we're going to take a, a short break, and we'll be back with some concluding comments about today's show. Thanks for being on the show, Mickey and Michelle. Thanks, Mickey. Thank you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Thanks for tuning in uh, to our show about small business best practices. And our guests this week uh, were Michelle Tomalo, president and co-founder of Fit Technologies, and Mickey Tubbs, CEO and co-founder of Fit Technologies, 
which can be found at www.fittechnologies.com. They're a provider of full range of managed IT services to small and mid-sized firms in K-12 schools. Uh, th- those uh, two are full of energy and a lot of fun to be around. You know, Jeff, that's what's, I think I say this every, every week, but that's what's so much fun about our job. I mean, think about it. we got we got met with an entrepreneur this morning who had a, a wonderful a company and uh, and we got to talk to him about the you know the evolutionary process and then you and then you you meet entrepreneurs like this and I know you've known them for a while but uh, I got a chance to finally meet them and and they've got uh, they've got their own culture they're extremely proud of and they're and they're living by it and, and working by it and and you know and, and making a making a fun. Uh, probably wonderful living, and that's and that's what's so neat about this. And they care about their team, they care about their company, they care about the culture. They obviously care about their customers, or nothing would happen there. And it's just it's uh, that's what's neat about our job. So yeah, uh, yeah. And, and what's what I found, you know, Fit Technologies, as I had said in the very first segment, they've won almost every word that's possible to receive. So it says a lot about. You know, uh, you know their service and their quality and and all that sort of stuff. So aside from all of the wonderful things that they've done, um, is you know uh, they, they're life partners, they're a woman-owned business. You know, they're entrepreneurs. Uh, they've got family that works in their organization, and as they're talking, you know. Uh, how important communication is within the organization and just, you know, wrestling with all those different issues, uh, yeah, you know, is, is interesting. Running a, uh, I know this from my EO groups and, and well, just common sense, but running a small business is very difficult to start with. You, you add a, a wife or a, you know, a life partner um, or, you know, or and it, it makes it, takes the complexity up a lot. And then if you add family to that mix, I mean, it's just, it's, it's exponential. I mean, it's, it's just much tougher to, to, to make some of those decisions because, and it, it can be more, it can be fun to have them around, but it just makes it a lot tougher. Um, yeah. It's Com- much more it complex, could, complex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, uh, I think it was uh, Mickey or Michelle, maybe they both answered the question about women owned businesses. And I, I guess my takeaway from what they said was that it really ultimately comes down to the people. And it doesn't really matter if you're a male or a female. Certainly, I think they were saying that there's groups out there that 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 have a particular interest in working with uh, women-owned businesses. But for the most part, the vast majority of people are just wanting to work with good partners, and uh, and and they fill that role, obviously. Yeah, and, and that's what I love about you know entrepreneurs when when you ask a question about whether they're you know they're woman owned or minority owned or whatever, and they just say, look, you know we 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 happen to be you know women that own a business and we're we're doing all the right stuff, and and um, we're working on all. You know, I was going to get into the culture pitch again, but we're working on these things, and 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 I think it's uh, you know the, the, if they can use a little bit of the positives that people aren't used to seeing. Um, you know, two women or women-owned business come in and, and pitch IT, then 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 all the better. And uh, but they're not relying on it for business, and that's you know that, that's great. And as you as you and I know, because we look at things in the way of value creation, because that's the way we have to with uh, evolution. Um, you know, w- that mentality does create more value because uh, it, it uh, you know when you if you would rely on a woman-owned or minority-owned or some some other thing designation for business, it it, it limits uh, how other people look at you and. I love their answers for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're exactly right with regard to value. Is um, you know, it's hard for us to invest, you know, because we are control investors. It's hard to, for us to invest in minority or women-owned businesses because 
then it's not a women or minority owned business anymore. And, and so for a business like Fit Technologies that doesn't rely on that at all, they just, that's like they just happen to be, they're going to be much more attractive and valuable to, to a firm, firm like ours as opposed to one that relies on that designation. Um, the other thing that is a recurring theme on this show with every successful organization we talk to is culture. Mm-hmm. And having a great culture, and uh, they they have one. <laughs> I see it on Facebook. I see it on LinkedIn. You see it in the newspaper. I mean, they're always doing something. And uh, work hard, play hard, as they said, would be the great, you know, description of how they uh, they run their business. That's great. I love it. Hey, Jeff, you know what? It's coming to the end of the show, and I don't have anything for this. Uh, I don't have a jingle. I don't have a jangle. I don't got I don't got nothing. I don't know. Maybe you give me a little. Um, how about this? I'm taking the pressure off of me. I'm throwing it to you. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I I'm just, just think that that's it. I, I just can't rap, man. I got nothing. I know. I know. Particularly I, when you surprise yeah. me. Give me like a yeah. day. I know. Like, that's why I've been, work, I've been working on it, and I struck out, and I go, I know how I'm going to tackle this. I'm going to throw it to Jeff. <laughs> and make um, me look bad. Okay, yeah, that's fine. That's, that's, that's the way I roll. I, I got to be honest with you, Jeff. I may have had oh, – I've I had a couple cocktails last night, and, and I'm feeling a little slow today. You know, I'm, I don't know what the story is. You're yeah. getting old. You're getting yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, and, and out of drinking shape, unfortunately. Uh, well, with that, uh, we are going to sign off this week on the second stage. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in every Monday at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. And um, uh, we look forward to another wonderful guest next week. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Have passion for possibilities, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.